to start this morning with a little survey, a real simple one here. How many of you growing up heard about Santa Claus? Would you give me a show of hands? There you go. Okay, keep them up. How many of you, when you were growing up, heard about the Tooth Fairy? All right, good. How many of you growing up heard about the Easter Bunny? Now, is there anybody here, keep them up, if you were taught about the Great Pumpkin? Great Pumpkin. All right, just a few of you taught about the Great Pumpkin. How many of you were taught, are you ready? How many of you were taught that you should always wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident? <laughs> yeah, I was too. There are certain American myths that are out there that you just sort of have to believe. And as you grew up, you became a teenager, and of course, you learned other ones. And as you became an adult, you learned even more. And most of the things that we learn are purely harmless. But there have been some beliefs, some things that you have learned from the world that aren't just true, and they're not just not true, they actually can be harmful to you. They're what I call, what this series is calling, lies that we believe. And some of the lies that we believe rob us of happiness, or they lead us into guilt and shame, or worry, or stress, or fear, you name it. Some of them create nagging questions that you can't escape, even depression. And throughout the next several weeks, we're going to cover some of those lies, things about yourself, things about God, things about heaven and hell, things about life, lies about the afterlife. Why? Listen, here it is. Guys, if you don't have the truth in your life, you're going to get way off base. So here's the first lie that I want to talk about just to lay a foundation, just to demonstrate how important this is for the whole series. Here's the first lie I want to talk about today. If you just put this up on the screen, here's the lie. Let's read it together. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. Let's read that again. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. How many of you have heard that one? And by the way, that one sounds good because it's so politically correct, isn't it? It sounds so broad-minded. It sounds so tolerant. It sounds so loving. You almost want to believe that one because it sounds so unprejudicial, unbiased. It's politically correct, you know, different strokes for different... You, you know, you believe this, I'll believe that. Hey, that's cool, we're both cool. The only problem with this is it's absurd. It's irrational. It doesn't make any sense. You and I can't believe two opposite things, believe both, and then both be right. In fact, it's not just absurd, and it's not just irrational, it's naive. Many of us are motivated to want to believe this idea because we think it's the loving way to be or it's the loving way to act. But I'm going to tell you something, friends. You can be sincere and at the same time be sincerely wrong. How many of you know that's true? It takes truth to make it in life. It takes truth about what you believe. And I want to give you six facts today talk to you about what you believe, and I want you to write these down very, very quickly. We're going to try and go through them real fast, uh, and, and then we're going to explore some action steps at the end. Sound good? Here we go. 
Number one thing we need to always remember when we're talking about truth is that my beliefs are my choice. My beliefs are my choice. In other words, nobody forces you or me to believe anything. If you don't want to believe something, you don't have to. You don't have to believe what I'm saying to you today. Conversely, if you want to believe something, nobody can stop you from believing that. Listen, I truly do believe that I am six foot two inches tall. (laughs) Nobody can stop me from believing that. You say, Pastor, you can believe that if you want to, but no, you're a hobbit. You're short. You're small. Listen, if you want to believe that the moon is made of cheese, you can do that. Or if you want to believe that the world is flat, you can do that. Here's the point I'm making. You can't blame anybody else for what your beliefs are. Your beliefs are your choice. By the way, your beliefs aren't even your feelings. Now, we are often too led by our feelings, but your beliefs are a choice. God gives it to you. So, hey, don't blame your parents. Come on. Don't blame your teachers. Don't blame your pastor. Your beliefs are your choice. Now notice, Romans 1.25, God says, instead of believing what they knew was the truth about God, they deliberately what? Chose to believe lies. Why? Because our beliefs are our choice. Let me give you the second little fact of six. You ready? Here we go. Write this down. My beliefs will determine my behavior. Write that down. My beliefs will determine my behavior. In other words, they will determine how I act. Proverbs 4.23, let's read this one aloud. It says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. That's really true. Your life is shaped by your thoughts, whether you're conscious about it or unconscious about it. Listen, there is a belief behind every single action that you take in life. For example, everybody stand up for me, would you? Just stand up. We're going to get some exercise today. Here we go. There you go. Now, everybody sit back down. Yeah, don't you love me? Now, why were you willing to sit back down? Well, you trusted me, but consciously or unconsciously, you believe that chair is still going to hold you up. Am I right? I just went to Israel and I gained a bunch of weight. I got to tell you, for me to sit in that chair is an act of faith. (laughs) When you get in the car after church, you know, you're going to go to brunch and you're going to pick some items on the menu and you're going to trust that the people have made it well. Am I right? You're going to trust there's nothing wrong with it. Am I ruining lunch for you? (laughs) That everything's going to be okay. Listen to me. Everything you do, whether you think about it or not, has a belief behind it. That's why scripture says, be careful. Be careful how you think, because your life is shaped by your what? Thoughts. Everybody with me? All right, let me give you the third. I told you I'm going to go through these very quickly. Here's the third. Write this down. The world has taught me lots of false beliefs. The world has taught me lots of false beliefs. Now, we just need to come to terms with that. You know, the other day, it's really funny. I actually read about fat-burning prayers on the internet. And if it's on the internet, it must be true, am I right? I mean, look at this. This was an advertisement. It came up through social media. Pray powerfully and lose weight. I started going, oh, Lord Jesus, oh, Lord Jesus, oh, Lord Jesus. 
pray powerfully, lose weight. 21 days of prayers, declarations and scriptures to make you lose weight. I'm gonna tell you, if this were true, I'd be really skinny today. This is great, I'm thinking. These prayers, they melt the pounds away. How many of you know that on social media or in news, there is a cure for cancer like every week? Have you noticed that? Did you know? If you eat mangoes this week, you're never gonna have cancer. If you just eat mangoes. And those are the things that we sort of look at and we laugh at. It's funny, but there are a lot of things that just aren't funny. And you know, here, here's what is funny. It used to be that you and I can say, well, if I see it, I'll believe it. But that's not even true anymore, is it? I used to wonder, for example, at Metro Goldwyn Mayer, since I'm a movie freak, how did they get that lion to roar on cue? You know, how did they do that? That it just can't roar, you know? How'd they get that? And, uh, and then I realized the internet showed me how they did it. There was an old picture that showed, if you just show this picture real quick, there it is. They strapped the lion down, they put its head through the little sign, and they got it to roar until you realize, oh no, what I, I can't even believe what I see anymore. Here's the real picture of it. If you just put that side by side, there it is. Or for example, how many of you on the internet saw the angry cat? This was going around, it got viral, this really cute little kitten. Isn't that amazing? But here's what the kitten really looks like. How many of you have seen these? Or, or let me give you another example. There was this amazing chef of Japanese food, and he was making rice, and he did this thing that he was getting famous for. It was called making a rice wave. Go ahead and take a look at it. It's amazing. This was all over the internet until you realized what somebody had done, if you could do the side-by-side. -side. There you go. It's a sculpture. Or I couldn't believe it, for example, when I heard of the astronaut that was smoking pot up in space. Do you guys remember that one? There he is. He's like, don't tell anybody until you realize, oh, okay, no, this is a Photoshop deal again. Go ahead and go to the next one. Isn't that interesting? You can't even believe what you see anymore. It is so funny. Let me show you a little bit more of a serious one. Here's a child in Syria. This was in the news. Uh, the news caption read that, you know, this child was laying next to her dead parents. Of course, it struck the compassion of so many until they realized it was a fraud. The photographer asked the child to lay there. The child didn't even know whose graves those were. In fact, here's a second picture that was taken that they never showed. Or what about deforestation? I saw this one, and I just show you a few of these because I think they're so interesting. But here's an example of the deforestation that has happened until you realize, oh no, that's not really the real picture. Here's the real picture. You can see it down below. They just took a side by side and cut it down the middle. You get what I'm saying. I loved this one, by the way. Let's go back to a kind of funny one. Here's a pilot who's flying through the air and somehow he's able to take a selfie of himself. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Of course, you can, put the, you can put the real thing up there. There he is on the ground. You guys get my point? Now, there is one that is not a lie that is really real, and this was out there a number of years ago, and it's really true. Go ahead and take a look at it. I'm proud of this one, if you just watch that. That one... <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, that's a lie, yeah, it is, it's a lie. Now listen, the number one source of cultural myths today, I've got to tell you, it's social media, strong opinions, 
clever quips, people purporting on what's the truth. For example, I see lies that, are, that actually are really harmful. I hear this lie all the time. All of your problems are somebody else's fault. Blame my parents. Blame that political party. Blame that group of people. Or how about this lie? The world owes you happiness. Not true. Not true. What about this lie? You will be happy if you can get whatever you want. Not true. I know plenty of people who are quite wealthy and they can get whatever they want and they're not happy. Not true. Do you know that old lie that we grow up and we, we say it with good meaning, we say it with wonderful intention. We say, for example, to our children, you can be whatever you want to be. You're lying to your kids. I am never gonna play NBA basketball. I am never gonna be a ballerina. There are some things that you can say, I can believe in myself all I want, and it's not going to happen. Here's another lie. There's no reason that you should feel really guilty. No, there may be very good reasons for you to feel very guilty. Or how about this lie? I've heard this, I saw this on social media. Man is basically unselfish and good. And I'm thinking, what planet do you live on? You can have it all and you shouldn't wait for anything. Or what about this lie? The answer lies within you. How many of you have ever been given the advice, you, the advice you've just got to search within yourself to get the answer? You are so screwed up, that is the worst place to look in yourself. You want to really screw up your life? Start looking inside and go to yourself for the answers. Ridiculous. Let me show you something. Scripture says, 1 John, it says, don't always believe everything you for there are many false teachers around. Now, would you agree with that? And they're, and they're everywhere. They're outside the church, they're in the church, they're in the media, they're everywhere. So we've gotta be careful. All right, write this down, number four. Number four. Untrue beliefs are much of the cause of my emotional problems and unhappiness. My untrue beliefs are much of the cause of my emotional problems and my unhappiness. Now, see, listen, a belief doesn't have to be true in order to affect you emotionally. Do you know that? For example, let's imagine you're gonna go camping next weekend and you, you go up into the mountains and you set up your tent, you get in your tent at night and you close it all up and you can't see outside, but you're lying in your sleeping bag and you hear what you believe to be a mountain lion pawing around your tent. Now, if you believe there is really a mountain lion outside your tent, you can't see it, but you believe it, what's going to happen to you? Your heart's going to start racing. Your pulse is going to go up. Your adrenaline is going to shoot. Your muscles are going to tense up. How many of you had those terrible uncles or parents that scared you in the tent one time? Yeah, like there's a bear out there. What's going to happen is, whether it's true or not, you will get into emotional turmoil over that thing. So what do you have to do? Listen, it's this simple. You have to correct the misbeliefs that are behind your feelings. Jesus said, notice this, you will know the truth and the truth will do what? Set you free. Guys, do you realize the resource to truth that we have at our disposal? 
in the scriptures. That the same God who used words to create existence, and God said, let there be what? Light, and there was light. God said, let there be earth, and there was earth. See, God's the only one whose words have actual power to actually create truth. You see, God says it, and that makes it true. It's not that it is true, and that God's just telling the truth. God is truth, so when God says it, it is true. So when God says something like, let there be light, guess what there is? There's light. Do you remember that one uh, old movie, Bruce Almighty? I loved Bruce Almighty because Bruce, before he became God, if you remember that movie? Before he became God, he was testing God by how many fingers am I holding up behind my back? You remember that? And he's like, how many fingers do I got? And, and you know, of course, nobody can play God like Morgan Freeman. Am I right? And uh, so, so here he is. You know, this is Bruce. and He's talking to Morgan Freeman this way. And how many fingers do I have behind my back? And God says, two, three, four, five. And then Bruce tries to trick him by going like this. How many fingers do I have? And he goes, and then God says, seven, right? And then he closes one hand, and he goes, ha-ha! But then because God said it, there were two more fingers on his hand. (laughs) I thought to myself, that illustrates a biblical truth. When God says it, it becomes true. And God in his divine providence... He gave you his powerful words that you can read daily that will guide your life. You want to talk about a source of truth. Guys, don't look inside yourself. Look here. That will guide you. Don't you see? Which leads us to number five, if you just write this down. Number five. The only source of absolute truth is God. Let me say that again. The only source of absolute truth is God. In fact, read this with me. I love this. It says, God will continue to be true even when every person is false. Now look, whether you're here and you're a Christian or a non-Christian, you are very welcome. Whether you're here today and you'd say, man, I'm a Baptist or I'm a Buddhist, I'm Jewish, whatever. You are welcome here, but there is one fundamental question you are going to need to ask yourself. Every person has to ask this question, and that's this. What is going to be the authority for my life? To what am I going to look to for truth? Don't you understand that's the most fundamental question behind everything? That's where you get all the other answers. That's what guides your life. What is the thing that I will look to as the authority? What's my north star? What's my compass? Now, I'm gonna tell you something, friends. No matter who you are, you only have two options. You can either look inside yourself again, or you can look outside yourself. Let me say that again. You can look inside yourself, or you can look where? Now, if you look inside yourself, I'm just telling you, I've already said it, you've got big problems. How many of you know that's true? Some of you don't believe me, clearly. Let me prove it to you. Those of you that are here in your 20s, if you're here in your 20s today, how many of you can relate when you look back at your 15-year-old self and you go, man, I was an idiot. What an idiot I was. Hmm? Yeah, of course. Now, I'm going to tell you something about you guys. Your 30-year-old self is going to look back at yourself now and say, what an idiot I was. And your 45-year-old self is going to look back on your 30-year-old self and say, what an idiot I was. You know what that means? 
You're always an idiot. You've never not been an idiot. And that's really true. You can't look to yourself. Now, if you look outside yourself, you've got to ask, what am I going to look to? I would suggest that you look to the scripture. Guys, let me tell you something about Christian faith. Unlike any other faith, no matter what you've heard in the past, let me tell you a truth. Christian faith is not a blind faith. Christian faith is an evidence-based faith. Meaning, God from the very beginning has given us much ample evidence that we should believe on him. In fact, when you read the scriptures and he says, for although they knew him as God, everything was laid out before them that they would know who to worship, but they chose not to worship. Then you see the disciples that first came to Jesus. Why did they believe in him? Not because of blind faith. They saw something. What did they see? The resurrection. They said, that which we have seen, that which we have held, that which we have touched with our hands. Christianity is not a blind faith. It is an evidence-based faith. We take people to Israel every year to show them the evidence. It's dug up. Christianity, did you know, is the only religion that's based in real history? It can be checked out. It can be watched. Thank you. Am Am I bothering some people? No. Okay. It can be watched, it can be looked at. Look at what Jesus says. He says, though heaven and earth will pass away, yet my words will remain forever true. You may be here today and I just wanna say to you, I I love it that you're here and if you're a skeptic, you may even say, man, I'm a full-blown atheist and I just say to you, man, keep coming. Keep coming. I don't, you know, if you said to me, I wanna follow the truth and and it may not lead to God, I just say right back to you, you keep going after the truth and I bet you it leads you to God. Because God's word has stood the test of time. In fact, I challenge you, if you are a skeptic or an atheist, I've done this before, whatever contradictions you think you've got, let's go to lunch. Throw them at me. Let's talk. I've seen atheists come to know Jesus and stand on this stage as a result of being willing to say that. Because it is so reasonable to believe in what God has said. Now, you can trust God because of God's character. What does the Bible say about God? Look at it right here. It says it is impossible for God to what? There's one thing God can't do. He can't lie. He can't go against his own character. God can't even tell a half-truth. Otherwise, he would not be God. A half-truth is a whole lie. How many know that's true? Okay? Some of you guys, you've learned to rationalize. You know what rationalize means? Rational lies. That's what they are. A half-truth is a whole, is a, a, a half-truth is a whole untruth. So if you want to build your life on something that's solid, you better build your life on God's truth. Now let me give you the sixth thing. You ready? Everybody say, I'm ready if you are. All right, here we go. Number six. Building my life on the foundation of God's truth is the key to emotional health and stability. Building my life on the foundation of God's truth is the key to emotional health and stability. Guys, I want us to be the healthiest church in the world. But it is because we are digging into God's word like you wouldn't believe. 
We are people that are saying, God, what do you have to say about me? God, what do you have to say about my life? You're not just looking to what I say. By the way, this is a Protestant church. Does everybody know that? This is a Protestant church. Do you know where the term Protestant comes from? It comes from the word protestant, which means at a certain point in history, after the printing press was invented and the Bible came to be in the, in the average guy's hands, like mine, they started reading God's word and they started looking at the church and they started going, hey, wait a minute, why do we do this? The Bible doesn't actually say that. It says this. And they started going, what is up with that? And so they started noticing things that the church was doing that was a little different than scripture and they started to protest. And you know what they became known as? Protestants. We call them today Protestants, but you know, what we, you know what our greatest heritage is, is that we're people who say, Shane, I'm not just going to listen to you, I'm going to check what you're saying. I'm not going to believe it, Shane, because you said it's true. I'm going to go to God's word, because God's word is the authority. I'm not the authority. Some of you here, you know, you have a Catholic background, and, and I'm the closest thing maybe to a priest from your Catholic background. i got to tell you, the difference between me and a priest is I don't claim to have any authority. I cannot absolve you of sins. In fact, I'd say that's unscriptural. Only Jesus Christ can do that. But God's word has authority. And we're just going to look, as we go through this, we're just going to look to the actual words of Jesus. Did you know I read all four Gospels in preparation for this series, and I discovered two interesting things. Number one, 80 times Jesus says, I tell you the truth in the Gospels. Did you know that? 80 times! And then 20 times in Scripture, Jesus says, now you've heard it said, but I say to you. Now what's he doing right there? Jesus says, now you've heard it said, but I say to you. You know what he's doing? He's dealing with the lies that we believe. Now you've heard it said, that is conventional wisdom, that is cultural wisdom, but now Jesus says, I say to you. And the passage that Fred read earlier, it is the lightning rod passage for our lives when it says, Jesus said, look, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. The streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, but it didn't fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Jesus says, building your life is like building a house, but you have to build on the right foundation. Listen, you can only have two, one of two foundations. You can either build your house on solid rock, which is God's unchanging truth, or you can build your life on shifting sand, which is what? That's culture. That's the movement and change of culture. And just to be very blunt about it, Jesus says if you build your life on cultural truth, you're a fool. You're foolish. It's stupid to build your life on things that are constantly changing. Listen, does everybody here understand the importance of a good foundation? You know, it was tragic a couple weeks ago. Uh, we were in Israel, and of course, we've all been praying for the earthquakes that happened in Turkey. But man, if there is anything that will remind us of the need for a good foundation, it's an earthquake. But you know, there are emotional earthquakes in your life. If your life isn't built on the right foundation, I'm gonna tell you this, you're gonna crumble 
I gotta tell you, I see some of, some of our pastors in, in the service this morning right now, and I gotta tell you, ask any one of our pastors, our pastors see people every day whose lives are crumbling. <laughs> Why? Because they're not really building their lives on God's word. They might be going to church, <laughs> but they're not practicing doing what God says to do. In Matthew 7, let's read it again. Everybody together, ready? Here we go. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Let's read that first line again. Come on, with, with a chutzpah. Here we go. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. What he's saying here in that one phrase is there are two keys to your stability. If you want to be stable, if you want to build your life right, you've got to do two things in that line. Circle them. You've got to first hear the truth. Whoever hears these words of mine, you've got to hear the truth. Make yourself available to the truth. Begin to dig into it, and then it says, after you've heard it, you begin to practice it. Circle that word, practice. To hear and to practice. Now, guys, hearing and practice are the steps of a commitment that will change your life. Hearing the truth isn't enough, but if you hear it and then you begin to do it, what does it mean to practice? Question, has anybody here ever practiced the piano? Go ahead, show me. Was that hard? Did you hate your parents? <laughs> what do you have to do? If you're gonna practice the piano, if you're gonna practice anything, it takes one thing. What does it take? Yeah, but to do the practice, what does it take? Commitment. You gotta be committed to it, you gotta do it. So I'm saying you've got to make a personal commitment to truth. You've got to say no matter where the truth takes me. Do you want to know the reason I found God? It wasn't because I wanted to believe it. In fact, it might surprise you. The earliest Christians didn't want to believe it. In fact, they shouldn't have believed it because their, their Lord and Savior was crucified. They thought, oh, this whole thing's been a, been a hoax. It was only the resurrection that forced them to believe it. They had to be turned. When I came to Jesus, it isn't that I wanted to believe it. I, I, was a, I was rebelling against Christianity. I want nothing to do with it. But I was somebody who said, I just want to follow the truth no matter where it takes me. Romans says, don't conform like the people of this world. Instead, change the way you think. Then you're going to be able to determine what God really wants. See, there's something about what we do up here. Another way of saying it is don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind, it says. Notice the word transformed by renewing your mind. You can be transformed. How many of you would like to be transformed? Well, he says it's possible but it's based on truth. If you let God transform your mind. Now that involves a choice. It involves a commitment. Now, I wanna challenge you guys. I wanna challenge us. I urge you, make three commitments to truth, okay, as we go through this series together. And I, I want you to come every week and invite your friends. Remember, we're, we're going after three and 23. Let this be a series that you invite friends to and you're on your way to spiritual health. Number one, write this down. I want you to commit to seeking the truth. Commit to seeking the truth. Why? 
Because 2 Timothy says there is going to come a time when people won't listen to the truth, but they will go around looking for teachers who will tell them just what they want to hear. Don't list, they don't listen to what the Bible says, but will blithely follow their own misguided ideas. Why do they do that? Because it's easier. It's easier. Truth contradicts popular opinion. And you say, well, it's okay because everybody's doing it. No, the truth is it's not okay. Guys, listen to me. Honesty is hard. I'm speaking right to you. Some of you have been living a lie, and you know the truth is painful. Sometimes the truth is scary. Sometimes the truth is disturbing. Sometimes the truth will shatter your life. But it's worth it to walk in truth. Sometimes we don't want to face the truth about our past. We don't want to face the truth about ourselves, but we need to tell somebody the truth. And we need to face the truth and face our fears. It's unpleasant, yes. It is scary, yes. But if you want to be emotionally healthy, if you want to be right with God, if you want to live a stable life, let me say this to you, face it, seek it, Know the truth, admit the truth, confess the truth. Look at this verse. Don't follow foolish stories that disagree with not even the ones you're telling yourself. What he's saying is, listen to me, he's saying if you've got an experience that contradicts the Bible, it's a false experience. Do you realize that? You might even be fooling yourself. Always say, I'm going to choose God's word over my experience. Remember, he says, many are going to stand before me on that day saying, miracles, I've seen miracles, I've done miracles, I've cast out demons. He say, I don't know you. I don't know you. Don't you know that things can be fake? Even, even technology can create a virtual reality experience that's false. You know that. So don't you think the devil can do that too? You always go to God's word. You always go to God's word above your feelings. Well, I feel this way. Well, okay. So what? Put it away. Now, where's the best place to seek truth? The scripture tells you you're in the right place because look at what it says. This is amazing. It says the church of the living God contains and holds the high truth of God. In other words, you're in the right place and that's why you should invite people. Guys, men and women, you should be digging into every opportunity we provide and that is provided to you by any other place to begin to grow in truth and worship. I understand, for example, men, today is the last day to sign up for man camp. Let me just tell you something. It will change your life to go to man camp. Or I call it mancation. It is amazing. But it is like getting before a fire hose of truth and allowing God just to change your life. You guys got to sign up for that. It's awesome. I, by the way, I saw this the other day. I follow a YouTube channel. It's called this. It's called What Do You Mean? And by the way, this guy, he's uh, to my uh, right up there on the screen, the guy with the hat, he's awesome. Like, I, he, he tends to provide really good answers to cultural trends today. He seems to be a very godly person. I don't know him, but his answers seem sound. Uh, if you ever want to follow a good YouTube channel, I, I'd recommend it. But he, he has this thing called, what do you mean? And he actually put out this social media post the other day, and it just made me so sad. Look at what he said. He said, things aren't how they used to be. My eight-year-old told me, 
Last year, his best friend at school told him that he was an atheist. Eight years old. His best friend told him he's an atheist and that his dad is in the process of transitioning to a woman. His other friend at school told him the other day that he's also an atheist and another friend told my son that he has a crush on him and tried to kiss him. I don't remember going through all this when I was eight. Talking to your kids constantly is crucial to helping them navigate this sort of stuff. I wouldn't have known any of this except that we have a really close relationship and open communication. Talk to your kids. Pray for wisdom. Can you believe that? I'm thinking, man, that guy needs to move. But where is he going to move? Because if you ask our children's pastor, I showed him that. He said, yep, this is what our kids are dealing with today. I got to tell you, it wasn't quite that way when I was eight. That's why when I see things going on, like, have you heard of what's happening in Kentucky right now? At Asbury College, a college pastor, just like our college pastor, closed in prayer one night. It was over two weeks ago, and he just closed in prayer and and invited people if they wanted to pray to come up to the front, and God sparked a revival that's been going for over two weeks. People are confessing and calling on God. Right now, you can tune in live. You know, we live in a day and age where you can actually join the revival that's happening right now over there on Facebook. Unbelievable. But what do you see happening there? You see people saying, God, I'm desperate for you. God, I love you. God, I want to turn to you. And here's the next thing that you do. Number two, if you just write this down, you've got to commit to living the truth, whatever it says. Whatever it says. Ephesians 4 says, we will no longer be children forever changing our minds about what we believe because someone has told us something different. No, we're not gonna be kids He goes on and he says, instead, we lovingly follow the truth at all times, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, and so become more and more like Christ. Listen, truth is something that you apply. It's something that you obey. By the way, talking about our kids, and our kids need help today, I don't know if you know this, but our growth has been so much with new, t- new guests that we actually have more kids in our kids' classrooms than, uh, than, than we actually have adults that can take care of them. So I want to invite you to be a part of the North Point Kids team for sure uh, at our 9 a.m. service, at our 11 a.m. service, at any of our campuses. But I just saw this. Uh, Angela Iracheta, who's a minister to our fifth and sixth graders, our preteens, she was just showing me just cool stuff that the kids were doing the other day. And she was telling me about all the commitments that these kids were making to Jesus Christ. Guys, if there was ever a time that we need to come alongside our children and love them and make sure that they understand what truth is, isn't that today? That's why I want you to be a part of the kids team. And I'd invite you to be a part of the kids team. In fact, there's a QR code that's going to come up and I just ask you guys just to, um, just to scan that QR code and join the NP Kids team. Just let them know. Because when we talk about truth, we're not talking about some intellectual trip. We're talking about being committed to it and guiding others in it. In the full light of the truth, the scripture says we live. Finally, number three, write this down and we'll be done. I commit myself to believing the truth. I commit myself to believing the truth. Now, wonderful thing about God is he wants us to know the truth and the truth does set us free. He has given us this book, but let me just say something to you. Jesus has not just given you this book, his word. He also came personally 2,000 years ago 
and he took on the form of flesh and he became a man and that man's name they called him was Jesus the Christ so that we would have a living model of truth as our example. And Jesus lived and modeled the truth. He incarnated the truth. He embodied the truth. Jesus said, you don't just have to read this, you can look at me. Here's what it means to really live as a Christian. Living truly, acting truly, talking truly. What did Jesus say about himself? Everybody read this with me, here we go. Look at this scripture. Jesus said, I am the truth. Notice he says, I, not religion is the truth. I am the truth. He says, I'm the truth, not a denomination. I am the truth. Truth is a person. His name is Jesus. By the way, Jesus didn't say, I'll show you the way to the truth. Jesus didn't say, I'll give you good advice. He said, I am it. Relate to me. And by the way, Jesus didn't say, I'm just some of the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. No man comes to the Father except through me. Some of you, you're here today and you'd say, well, you know, I don't believe that Jesus was God. You say, I believe that Jesus was a good person. But I want to say right back to you, oh, no, you don't. You don't believe he was a good person. You're fooling yourself. Because I'm going to tell you this, if he claimed to be God in the only way and he were a good person, he wouldn't do that. In other words, he'd be a liar. He's claiming to be God. If he's not God, he's a liar. So he's not a good person. It's either one or the other. He, He is either who he claimed he is, or you have to disregard him altogether and say he was out of his mind. But then you have to contend with the fact that everybody else believed him when they shouldn't have believed him. And then you can say, well, everybody was out of their mind. And you'll have to deal with that. Figure that out. But he either is who he said he was or he is the biggest liar that ever lived. There's no gray area. It forces you into a decision. You have the freedom to choose to believe what you want to believe. You know, all you have to do to say is, Father, I choose to believe in you. By the way, let me end with this. No, I I always go too long, but let me end with this. Faith and belief is not the absence of doubt. You need to understand that. That doesn't mean that you're saying, I still don't struggle with doubts. Do you understand that it's doubt that makes belief possible? You wouldn't have to choose to believe it if there were no reason to doubt. But doubt leaves room to say, I'm gonna put my trust in you, Jesus Christ. Even though I don't have certainty of everything and I can't unravel all the mysteries of the universe, I choose to trust in you and believe on you and put my faith in you. Do you see what I'm talking about? I choose that, Lord. I pray you'll do that. Let's pray together. Father, I pray for every man and woman. I pray that uh, every young man, every young woman that's here, I pray that you just reveal yourself to them in a significant way. I pray that you would just show yourself as true in their life and that right now, in Jesus' name, that you would just um, compel their heart to want to know you. That you would give your gospel, your words, power. You know, guys, while we're praying, just look up here. There is a scripture, 2 Thessalonians, and it says that there are people who are on their way to hell because they've said no to the what? Truth. And what have they done, it says? It says, They've refused to believe and let it save them. 
So God will allow them to believe lies with their hearts. Somebody says to me, how do you go to heaven? I'm telling you right now, you don't go to heaven by being good, you don't go to heaven by being baptized, you don't go to heaven by taking communion, you go to heaven by accepting Jesus Christ and believing on him as the truth. Father, I pray for every person here that they would believe on you and accept you as the truth. Move in their life and just pray this prayer with me, Jesus, I want to know truth. Lead me. I want to know you. I trust you. Come and live within me and be my Savior and be my Lord. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.